0: Welcome to the Healthy Compulsive Project Podcast, where you can take a deep dive to explore the pitfalls and potential of the obsessive compulsive personality, offering hope and help for perfectionists, workaholics, micromanagers, type A personality, and control freaks. Hello, everyone. Gary Trosclair here, psychotherapist and Jungian analyst and author of the Healthy Compulsive book, blog, and podcast. Having immersed myself in the world of the obsessive-compulsive personality years ago, I've noticed that people with this predilection aren't all the same. It's confusing to a lot of people because they might have heard descriptions of people who have obsessive-compulsive personality, and they know that they aren't like that. But they also see that they do have a lot of the traits of people with obsessive-compulsive personality, This is particularly true of what I refer to as the server friend, the third of four types of OCP. Their control and perfectionism may not be noticed at first and may be described with less clinical terms, such as codependent. While that term may fit, I think it will be helpful to many people to learn more about this tendency, see it in more medical terms, and start to understand it on a deeper level. This is episode 21 of the Healthy Compulsive Project podcast. The compulsive server friend, people pleaser, or well-rounded helper. This is the third of four posts describing in greater detail four types of obsessive compulsive personality. These types overlap, and my terms for them are intended as invitations to flexibly explore your own tendencies, not as ironclad categories to imprison you. If you're trying to understand yourself or a loved one, the existing psychiatric diagnostic criteria may leave you with questions, so I'm offering these four types as ways to better understand how perfectionism and control can manifest in different ways, and, hopefully, to lead to better treatment outcomes. To be really simplistic about it, the type I'll explore in this post describes compulsives whose abundant energies or aimed toward other people, helping them, being liked by them, and never, ever disappointing them. It's human to want to be liked, but when that desire to be liked gets amplified by the inclinations of the obsessive-compulsive personality, the desire to be liked gets very loud, and the needs of the true self can't be heard, and much of what it has to offer is lost. They become people-pleasers. I call this third type of compulsive personality the server friend. This type enlists their natural tendency to be meticulous, productive, and organized to foster relationships or to gain the approval of others. Server friends may exercise their social tendencies professionally or personally. Nurse, parent, sibling, county clerk, or death metal drummer. They use their perfectionistic tendencies to get others to approve of them or like them. There are worse ways to spend your life, but this one can also rob you of a richer, fuller way to pass the limited number of days you have here, rather than focusing on trying to accrue enough likes to pass over into paradise. Server friends focus on relationships and connecting through service and loyalty. At the healthy end of the compulsive spectrum, the server friend extends a natural care and generosity to others. This can help develop a good support system and network of friends. It can also help them complete projects successfully when they trust others enough to accept their help. As with other types of OCP, their server friend is conscientious and capable of delaying gratification. They enlist these qualities with the specific goal of not letting others down. As workers, they take direction well and are cooperative with peers. They're agreeable. Server friends can make great partners. They enlist their attention to detail and determination to make sure that their partner is happy with them. They're considerate and sensitive. Ideally, they can provide helpful and realistic feedback to the people they care about. As parents, they're very attentive to their children's needs. But at the unhealthy end of the server friend spectrum, they simply comply with whatever they think others want from them, using their obsessive and compulsive skills to try to gain approval. Getting in trouble and having anyone angry at them are extremely disturbing. Conflict avoidance is pursued as if it were a committed spiritual practice. Their control tendencies are enlisted in subtly managing the opinions of others. Most humans want to be liked for who they are. There's nothing unhealthy about that. The danger is in putting the cart before the horse. They try to figure out what people want from them first, rather than think about who they are and what they have to offer naturally. They imagine they'll be liked for what they do, rather than for who they are. Compulses are human doings, after all, not human beings. One of their greatest fears is of disappointing others, and they will obsess and work to prevent it. But they may well misread what others expect of them. On the one hand, the server friend is hyper-vigilant regarding social cues. On the other hand, they often misread social cues, thinking that more is expected of them than really is. This is known as demand sensitivity. They take too much responsibility and apologize a lot. As workers, they're vulnerable to giving too much and becoming resentful or burned out. Their capacity to be productive may be hijacked to get approval. And if they're too attuned to others, they may not be able to tune into their own capacity for leadership, drive for achievement, and potential to bring creative ideas to fruition. As partners, their flexibility and tendency to accommodate can be nice for a while, but it can also start to wear thin. Where do you want to go to dinner? What do you like in the bedroom? If you're on the other end of this, you may feel like your partner is missing but really, you're just missing something from your partner. They're less likely to cultivate their own opinions and express them. Another potential danger for server friends in partnerships is that after being compliant for a couple of months or a couple of decades, they may then become defiant. People with obsessive compulsive personalities often have a deep conflict between compliance and defiance. They feel that they should do the right thing, but underneath feel resentment about having to do it. In some cases, this can lead to defiance, also known as demand resistance. Not doing what others want becomes the only solution since doing may feel like it risks starting a conflict. So after a while, defiance starts to win out over compliance and being passive aggressive becomes the new strategy. In a certain way, that's progress, but it's only progress in the sense that you start to go east rather than west, when you really want to go north. As parents, attunement to a child can be a great thing, but too much of a great thing is not such a great thing. If children never have to encounter frustration or limits, they'll have a very difficult time adjusting to a world that could care less whether they get the latest flavor of Skittles, the newest video game, or tickets to the next Taylor Swift concert. Avoiding their disappointment, discontent and disapproval will cripple them. While parents are servers to their children to some extent, if you can't set limits and boundaries, you're both in for a really bad time, partly because the child won't develop any resilience, but also because you'll get walked over and eventually become a walking time bomb, with resentment building up at every trip to Candy Cottage and every episode of The Berenstain Bears. As with all four types, server friends move toward the unhealthy end of the spectrum when they feel insecure. This insecurity comes in many flavors. Typically, they include insecurity about how lovable they are, how good or virtuous they are, and how respected they are. Their capacity for connection and caring can be enlisted for the wrong purpose. Ideally, it's used to care for others and foster relationships, not for boosting security, Don't use Gorilla Glue as pancake syrup. Natural connections boost security naturally. Obedient connections boost insecurity unnaturally. Pleasing and perfecting are the foundation of the strategy they use for avoiding criticism. These function as a sort of base that the pleaser runs to for security. It's as if life were one big dangerous game of tag, and they're always afraid of being tagged with condemnation. People-pleasers develop these habits because they don't have faith in their own capacities and character, or that others will respect their capacities and character. Their coping pattern is similar to the one that people with dependent personality use. I'm not good enough to take care of myself, so I will ingratiate myself to you so that you can help me survive. You might not notice the suffering of the server friend at first, but it's very real. They're very good at fitting in and not causing trouble. They're good people, compulsively good people, good boys, good girls, good soldiers, good workers, too good for their own good. Their suffering is usually more internal and they can become martyrs. They may not express their suffering because they don't want to bore others and because it seems virtuous to suffer and not to express it. They take a cue from the Bible, quote, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. That's from Romans 5:3. Both anxiety and depression may increase with this strategy. Anxiety increases because they systematically avoid their deepest fears, which is a recipe for greater anxiety. Depression increases because people-pleasing isn't fulfilling enough. They lose their authenticity and their unique gifts because they're too busy forecasting the reaction of others rather than following their own passions. Various archetypes form the foundation of the server friend, the caregiver, the ally, the innocent, the server, and the friend. These all describe a role of supporting and helping others. Servers have a noble history. Knights of the Round Table weren't just gallivanting around Nilly Willy, Wherever they felt like going, that would be backwards. They were in service to an ideal. But for this episode, rather than use a Greek god as an archetypal example, I'm going to tell you the stories of two literary characters. The first is a good illustration of an unhealthy server friend, a good example in the sense that he was so extreme in his devotion to the role, and so extreme in his failure to develop other aspects of his personality. The second is the story of a heroine, who is a good example of someone who successfully developed all four aspects of her compulsive personality, though we know her largely as a server friend. Conjure in your mind a stereotypical English butler. His name is simply Stevens. That's right. He has no first name, which tells us a lot about how he has limited the expansion of his personality. Obsessive-compulsive personified upright, serious, calm, implacable, and oh so proper and perfectionistic. Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you what happens. Perfection for him is perfect service to the owner of the manor where he works, even if that means facilitating his meetings with Nazis and overlooking what that might mean. Serving with dignity takes on religious dimensions for him. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will get in his way. We first meet Stevens when he's made an insignificant error and begins the process of resigning his position as a butler. Talk about a guilt complex. His boss will have none of it and keeps him on. Stevens misreads what's expected of him, always thinking the demands are more rigorous than they actually are. Stevens' father is dying, but he can't take a moment to tend to him. He's too busy being in service. He obsesses about a woman he might have married 20 years ago. She was in service at the same manor, and, without being inappropriate, made it known that she would be interested in a marriage. While he was excited by the possibility, he passed on it so that he could remain the perfect unencumbered butler. Or at least that's how he justifies it. We can safely assume that he has deeper, more painful reasons for not getting involved in a relationship, probably unknown even to himself. Anyway, she leaves and finds work and love elsewhere. He stays and serves, alone. He goes on a very rare vacation, a road trip which just happens to take him to where this woman lives now. He's hoping she'll return to where he works and, well, who knows what could happen. They meet for lunch. She passes on his offer to return to service where he works. His life passes before him. Later that day, Stevens goes to a dock at dusk. Beautiful lights reflect on the water as he reflects on himself. He seems to become more conscious of how he's lived his life, the missed opportunities and questionable loyalty. But given how late in the day and how late in his life it is, he decides that by working harder at learning to banter with his boss, he might find more joy in his position. That's how he imagines he can enjoy the remains of this day and all his days. Sadly, there is not much remaining of Stevens by that point to enjoy anything. While he had to develop leadership for the rest of the staff as a butler, and he works very hard, he didn't really develop these aspects of his own personality. They're only activated in service to others. I've borrowed the story completely from Kazuo Ishiguro's highly acclaimed novel, The Remains of the Day. Stevens is an extreme example, but he serves our purpose as well, which he'd be happy to know. His zeal for service meant that he didn't develop any other aspects of himself. Service is an ideal for him for which he sacrifices everything, including the possibility of companionship and his relationship with his father. He's left with his pride and his dignity. But that's all. Now let's look at a much healthier version of the server friend. For an inspiring example of someone who achieved balance in this role, let's turn to Harry Potter's faithful friend, Hermione Granger. Her loyalty to Harry is steadfast and admirable. She serves as a lieutenant in his war against Voldemort. She rescues him more than once. So, at least as portrayed in her role in the Potter series, she's a good server friend. But clearly, she's also developed other aspects of her obsessive-compulsive personality. When she needs to, she can take leadership. She knows the rules and generally follows them, but when it's important, she's willing to break them. She can be opinionated and blunt. So, she's also developed aspects of the teacher-leader. She works hard, studies constantly, and always gets the highest grades. So she's developed aspects of the worker-doer. Extremely smart, she's reflective and thinks clearly. She's perfectionistic and spends copious amounts of time in the library, learning and developing her capacity for reason. So she's developed her thinker-planner side. But perhaps the best indication we have that she's a really healthy server friend is that she can set Harry straight when he needs it. She's not afraid to challenge him. This comes out of real love, not just a desperate need for approval. We could do worse than taking Hermione as a model. If you want to assess where you stand on the scale of healthy to unhealthy in regard to the server friend, consider your motivation. Are you pleasing others to quiet your fears or because this is really how you want to live? Are you avoiding your dread or approaching your passion? Here are some important steps to take in developing a more rounded personality. Cultivate your own ambitions and opinions. Reflect on what you want, feel, and believe rather than reacting or responding to what others want. Spend time alone so that you can hear your own thoughts and feelings. Because not everyone is going to like who you are, you'll need to find your people, the people who appreciate you in your most natural state. Learn to say no, to set boundaries, and to risk the disapproval of others. Face down your fears of disappointing or angering others. Expose yourself to the thing you fear in realistic doses. Develop confidence that who you are and what you have to offer is good enough. And last, identify what you feel is most important and pursue that directly rather than through the approval of others. If you are by nature a caregiver or helper, cultivating these other parts of your personality will help you serve in the most effective way. And hopefully that will also be fulfilling for you. If you haven't heard it yet, you might find my original podcast on this subject helpful, Understanding the Four Types of Compulsive Personality to Achieve Balance. That is Episode 8. You can find transcripts of this podcast with links to research sources and lots more at the Healthy Compulsive blog, www.thehealthycompulsive.com. If you'd like to subscribe to The Healthy Compulsive Podcast, hit that subscribe button. And for a thorough guide to cultivating the positive potential of the compulsive personality, find my book on Amazon, The Healthy Compulsive, Healing Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder and Taking the Wheel of the Driven Personality. And if you find any of these helpful, let others know by leaving a review. Till next time, enjoy the drive.